Harvey wasn't suspended because of sex toy in the background. I mean, can you imagine being that PR guy? Had to go out and have that conversation and have that out in the news. I'm sorry, that's just funny. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast. Talking all things sports. By the fans, for the fans. And now your starting lineup, Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to another edition of the New Jersey Guys podcast. Myself, Chris Swenderman, along with my partner. He, I have good news to report. He did not jump. Although he's a Mets fan, he did not jump. He was on the ledge. We pulled him off last week, and we made it okay for him. We made him a nice little hot cocoa, and he's back with us for another round of the New Jersey Guys podcast. Danny Tantillo, how hello, are you, sir? Hello, hello. Uh, nothing's really changed I guess if there was a meter as to my concern with the Mets organization. It may have gotten worse. Well, here's the thing was they started winning again. So they were only a couple games out of the wild card and a couple games. I mean, the Nats are running away with it. Right. Just plain and simple. But they're winning a little bit. And then all of a sudden, Matt Harvey gets suspended for an undisclosed violation of team rules. He was suspended Mm -hmm. for Sunday's start. Um, and apparently this has nothing to do with another recent Mets controversy where the team posted a picture of a deleted photo on social media showing a sex toy in the, the background of Kevin Pulecki's locker. I'm sorry. That's just funny. What's even funnier to me is the fact that they've, they had to go out and say that Matt Harvey wasn't suspended because of sex toy in the background. The fact that they even had to go out and have that conversation and have that out in the news tells you everything you need to know about the leadership in this organization. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing has changed. I st- I think this proves my point that Terry Collins cannot control his team whatsoever, whether that be with injuries and Thor, who's out until they're saying the all-star break. Fantastic. And this whole Matt Harvey thing. We don't know exactly why uh, he was suspended. Apparently, he didn't show no. up on Saturday. And he went, he, it's, it's reportedly, it said that he went golfing and then told the team he had a migraine and he couldn't come to the game. He's always been that way. He's always gone to the beat of his own drum. And it is kind of frustrating. It's unfortunate now that a couple years back they were talking about trading him. And I was, of course, against it. But now I'm kind of for it because it would help the team and save money because he's going to go no matter what. But why would you want to deal with a player who just doesn't listen to the rules whatsoever? Well, apparently, it says, according to New York Daily News, they reported that the ban stems from a compilation of issues dating back to last season. So they've been dealing with this for a while. And then uh, manager Terry, Terry Collins addressed the team before Sunday's game and said, in order to be able to control things, you've got to sometimes make tough decisions. And this is one of them. It's just... I don't, it's unbelievable I, that they, all this is happening so soon. They so just, actually make it sound a lot worse than it is. I mean, it's three days in a baseball season. That's a you know, I mean, yeah. four months long. For, you know, so I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's just another blemish on the team that's had a lot of them in the last two weeks. Yeah, it's just again, it's kind of crazy that all this is happening, and just the, what happened this past weekend proves my point that there is just no leadership, and the Mets are kind of an embarrassment. I, I'm, you know what. Last week, I was the one, you know, hanging on to the back of your 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 uh, tailcoat and sure. saying, "No, don't do it." But you see don't where ju- I, you see where I am. But I can't see where you're going. Again, with this. my yeah, my meter hasn't changed. It's still at the season is almost over. So it's wow. just a tick away from it being over for me. Just That's based crazy. on this this past weekend's events. In the first full week of May, it's crazy. The um, second full week of May, really. Again, um, something else that happened this weekend was the Kentucky Derby. 
Yes, um, they did. I'm always dreaming was the name of the horse sent off at nine to two odds. It was the fifth straight year that the favorite has won. That kind of su- surprised me. I yeah, I didn't believe that either. When I read that stat, I was like, wow. I was like, that's good. You know, when you think about it, like they're pretty good at handicapping these things then because, you know, I mean, I don't handicap anything. I go by the name of the horse. I'm like, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like this year, there was a horse running in the derby named McCracken. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Slapshot. Uh, so there you go. So you know who I, you were rooting for. Exactly. Did you dress up? Did you do anything special? No. No. That's silly. I think that's that, just silly. I think that the way that some people celebrate the Kentucky Derby is just the silliest thing in the world because you see these extravagant suits and hats and fedoras and the whole yep. nine yards. How much money do you think people spend on an outfit that they're never going to wear again? For a race that lasts like four minutes. It's crazy to me. Um, but people love it and people love betting on it. And that's going to kind of bring into the issue of sports betting in general in New Jersey. It's kind of a tricky situation because we do have gambling. We do have casinos um, in Atlantic we have City. A, yep. We have a lot of outlets for gambling in the, in this state but according to right now we're we're in this fine line where the united states supreme court um they're i guess letting this appeal go towards the u.s solicitor general who's now jeffrey wall he was brought in in march so this thing is still going on and a little bit of the backstory of new jersey sports betting um New Jersey argues that under PASPA laws, P-A-S-P-A, that this is unconstitutional. But the thing with New Jersey is they had a chance to be grandfathered in to this law back in the 90s right? because they were one of these states that already had gambling, but we didn't vote on it, and therefore, no sports betting for us. No, absolutely not. And it was the dumbest move because it was so short-sighted because if anyone would have even remotely thought long term, they would have seen a great revenue stream for New Jersey. Yeah, money appara- wise. Apparently, and- it's a hundred and fifty billion dollar <sighs> illegal sports betting market. I mean, I, I, who was the dummy that sat there and when it came to their desk? They said, "Oh wait, hold on, let me look at this." Uh, all we have to do is sign up, and we can be kept in the loop for. Possible sports betting in the future. All right. Um, nope. File that. Throw it away. We don't yeah, have to. So we have to file that. Because so, we failed to pass a sports betting law in 1993, we are out of this loophole that features four other states. Yeah. Great job, New Jersey. What do you think about this? Do you think that sports gambling is something that should be legal, not only in New Jersey, but do you think that it's something that should be legal across the board? Absolutely. And why is that? 110%. Here. All you need to know about why sports gambling should be legal at this point, because the ground has been broken on the one thing that they said they would never, ever do. And because of this, I say now, all bets are off. You have the Las Vegas Golden Knights starting the season this year in the NHL. And the Raiders are going to Vegas in what, the next three years? Yep. All right. You have pro sports in Vegas. Last time I checked, you can go to Vegas and lay sports bets. Yeah. So you know what? All bets are off. Yeah, I, I agree. No pun and, intended. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe it wasn't what it was. A little intended. bit, a little bit. I do agree. I think that it's your money, it's your decision what you want to do with it. And I only see the benefits of what New Jersey can do in terms of taking that money that is invested 
and turning that into... Do you realize how many people would flock to AC and to all these other players, wherever you put in sports betting, you know, whether it be Monmouth Racetrack, you know, uh, the Meadowlands, wherever you put the, this would be a gold mine. I mean, hell, I would be there losing my shirt all the time. Yeah, there, I mean, I like gambling, and I think the, the part of the reason that I don't is because I don't want to go through some shady guy. Some guy I don't right. know, a friend of a, a friend, friend exactly. to do a parlay on the football game. Right. It's just not worth it to me. But I think that that's something that only makes sense for New Jersey, and that's the reason we're not going to see it. Right. It's just something that has, you know, it seems yeah. logical, and because it seems logical, it just won't happen. No, absolutely not. And because it seems too simple and too much of a home run to to just, this would be so successful in New Jersey, they're overthinking it. Yeah, and I mean now that the the fact that they're fighting tooth and nail, um, Senator Ray Lesniak has uh, led the charge as far as trying to get sports gambling into New Jersey as a, another revenue stream. Sure, yo, now they're pulling teeth trying to get it when it could have this could have been easily done back in the nineties. Back in the nineties, yeah, and we'll see what happens from here. Again, the case is currently on appeal to the United States Supreme Court. That was as of January, and uh, they asked the Solicitor General who at the time hadn't been named by the Trump administration. He has now been named, and we'll see what happens from here. Be very interesting, because you know what? I Have you gone out to Vegas? I haven't. Not, oh. not since I've been of age. See, you have to go out to Vegas now that you're of age, and the fact you have to go during football season. Yeah. You're like a kid in a candy store. You can bet on anything. I can't even imagine. It's amazing. I, do I have, love it. I do have one rule, is that I will never bet against... A team that I follow. No, you don't pull a Pete Rose. No. I get it. And that, the same thing kind of goes into fantasy sports. We're both fantasy right. gurus. Geeks, whatever you want to call a us. a weird thing that I guess puts me at a disadvantage, you could say, is that I will refuse to draft anybody on my team in the NFC East. I don't want to root for anybody. I, I don't want to. As a Cowboys fan, again, Chris right. and I are both Cowboys yes. fans. I don't want to root for Des Bryant because then... If somebody else scores, I'm going to be like, oh, it wasn't Des Bryant. So I'd be upset. Oh, no, I'm okay with draft. With, I'm not the guy. I'm not the, the the quintessential fantasy owner that'll go out and draft all the guys from my favorite team. But if I get a guy on my team at a good value, I mean, you know, we're getting a little too far into it, but it's it's worth it for me. But, again, sports spending, is, I think they're so overpopulated. They're so of the mindset that... So many things could go wrong, but so many things could go right by doing this. Yeah, I agree. Financial financial windfall. For sure. Uh, now we're going to switch gears a little bit and get into a topic that I'm really interested about because I think that this has been up to this has been up for debate for many, many years because I think the language is a little bit unclear. So I think that this is something that's interesting, which is MVP. Just MVP. OK, so let's just say that. That stands for most valuable player. Now, what exactly does valuable mean? And that's where things get right. a little bit tricky. Um, the NBA voting process has changed this year, where a year ago, they would just make the announcement during right. the postseason. This year, fans will have to wait until after the season because the NBA has decided to transition away from the, the, mo the mid-postseason announcement, and they're doing a full-on awards show. Which I get that, and that's kind of cool because the NFL started doing that I as think, well. I think they also took that from the NHL. Yeah, and as long as media outlets don't spoil it, 
before right. the award show? Because what's you the point know of, they'll do? Yeah, what's the point of watching the award show? Reports say that blah 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 wins the you know 2017 NBA MVP. You know yeah. it's going to happen. It's crazy. Um, and I think that another rule this year, which I'm in favor when it comes to the NBA, is that team broadcasters will no longer be able to vote for league awards. Mm, so interesting. Who whoever calls the games for the Knicks, if you're on the MSG network, you can't vote. But if you work for an independent, you can. And I get that, so, and I think that's yeah. fair. So essentially, Cl- Clyde Frazier cannot vote for the Knicks or why, anybody why else. Why he would want to, right. but well, yeah. the point, the who, point who is... Who are you voting for in the Knicks anytime soon? The ball sure, boy? That's about it. God, it's crazy. So let's get into the, MV- the NBA MVP a little bit. And I'm not too familiar with the NBA as a whole. I haven't been watching as much as I used to. But I am well aware that there is a player who averaged a triple-double for the entire season, which, which means you scored at it. least 10 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. You average that. Right. Doesn't that mean MVP automatically? You would think it would, but what, again, we go back to what defines an MVP. Is it the guy that's most valuable to their team? Is it the guy that's most valuable overall um, as far as play? I, I mean, listen, I could sit here and argue every day. In my mind, I would give it to LeBron every year. Okay, why is that? Because he's the most he's the best player in my mind every year. To it, that to his team, he showed once the playoffs hit, he turns out like another gear. He's like the only person I can equate him to in today's day and age of sports is Tom Brady. Yeah, I get that. Um they have they they're just on another level when it comes to the playoffs. I agree, but we're not looking at the playoffs. Exactly. Hence my point is, and I still, I guess from what you read, um, you know, in all the sports outlets, uh, in all the media outlets right now, it seems like they're only talking about two people, James Harden from Houston and Russell Westbrook from OKC, from, yeah. from uh, Oklahoma. In my mind, there's got to be a third name in there who I think is more valuable than either one. And Westbrook has put up some ridiculous numbers. You're talking about Kawhi? Yep. If you don't put Kawhi Leonard in that conversation, you're fraudulent. Yeah. And here's why. Overall, there is not a hole in that boy's game. He has some of the best skills I've ever seen offensively and defensively on the ball. Not getting into too much into, you know, sounding like a coach. But he, in my mind, that is what an MVP is. All around game. And Leonard has... More game than than all three of them, in in my mind. So do you think that there needs to be some type of definition or explanation of yes. the language behind what an MVP actually is? Yes, because I think without that, a guy like Leonard gets overlooked. And he shouldn't. He should be right in the smack dab in the middle of the conversation, if not at the forefront for all his skills. And he gets overlooked because he's not putting up triple doubles every night. And I don't think just scoring should be the basis of it. And I also think what the problem is with a lot of MVP voting is the fact that you're looking at players, the longer they go into the playoffs, the more they get a look as MVP. Guys could say all they want. Writers and and voters alike could say, no, 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 that does that doesn't swing our vote. The hell it doesn't. Oh yeah, no, it Absolutely. definitely does. If if there is a player that is still playing in the playoffs, no matter what you say, that is definitely going to stick in somebody's mind when they're voting. Now, Absolutely. With the new NBA policy, I don't know when they actually cast their votes, 
They say that it's not announced mid-postseason. I don't know when the votes are being cast. So for me, and this I think could be brought out to all leagues, I think that your vote for MVP should be finalized before the first postseason game, no matter what. After the final game of the year, That's you cast your vote. That's no, it. And done. if you miss it, if you miss the, the deadline, you miss it because it's right. not fair to other players no. who may, you know, like you said with LeBron, he turns it up in the playoffs. And we see that year and year and year. And that may be guiding some of these sports writers towards him because they're seeing, okay, right. this is what this guy has the capability of doing, but that's not what the regular season MVP is. Exactly. So I do think that there needs to be some sort of definition and some sort of clarity of what exactly that the the voters are voting for. And it's just tricky because the term value is different for every team. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean the best. Right. When you think of MVP, you think of the best. Just like for the Oscars, it's best actor. Right. For the Grammys, it's best album. But for sports, it's not necessarily the best because I think the best player here this season was Westbrook because of the stats. Right. What the value is to that team, it's really hard to tell as well because we don't know what would happen if we take that player out. We have an idea. Right. If we take that player out, what the team may be. And I don't think that Oklahoma City is a playoff team without him. See, And I think the same thing could be said for the Spurs. Well, that's the problem with the Spurs. They are such a well-oiled machine. It's hard to say one player has value in that system. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, at Leonard's stats over the years, and, you know, I mean, you don't have to go into he just he I think he has an all-around game that sets him, I mean, miles above most players. If you want to talk about straight-up points, yeah, sure, you can go for Westbrook. But Leonard is one of those special talents that I think anybody would argue he doesn't have a hole in his game. Yeah. And that, to me, is my MVP. Yeah, I mean, if I was voting, I would vote Westbrook just because of the stats. Again, I'm not as familiar. I'm familiar with the sport, and I'm familiar with the NBA, and I know who's playing well and who's not. I just don't watch it day in and day out, so I can't give it a fair evaluation on everybody else. But I do think that based on just how the MVP is defined, Right. That you have to stick to what's on paper. If I'm voting for for a league MVP, I'm voting for the Knicks psychologist. Yeah, seriously. How, because being able I to mean, handle the media and the fans and the players between and the, coach. the ego, between Carmelo, his drama, Phil Jackson wanting. I mean, could you imagine if they actually gave an MVP award to a not player? How, like, just imagine somehow everybody wrote in exactly. Everybody wrote in Knicks therapist. Exactly. If listen, if Donald Trump could get voted as president, we can vote the next the next psychologist. Anything, anything as, could happen as MVP. It could happen, folks. I'm telling you, it could. Um, yeah, MVP is just a very interesting um, debate, and I think that's until that there's some kind of a language. I think there's always going to be a debate. It's always going to be a debate until something is more set in stone. Absolutely. Uh, um, something else that's part of a debate. Is definitely a debate between us. Yeah. Um, the retaliation pitches. Um, earlier, uh, about a week ago, a Red Sox reliever was ejected for throwing a pitch at Manny Machado of the Baltimore Orioles. And this was in retaliation. And this was in retaliation to 
when Machado spiked, spiked Dustin Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia, right. Correct. Um, now, here's the thing with retaliation pitches, okay? I get it that there's player safety that you need to take into right. account. And it could get really ugly. I also understand that you're sticking up for your boys. Your team is your family. Somebody's coming after your boy. You got to stick up for him in some way or form. Is it retaliation pitches the way to go about that? That's up to the player, I think. You know what? Well, not even that. Just to expand on on the whole overall topic for a second. um, After those two incidents happened, um, Kevin uh, Gozman from... um, Baltimore, the mm. next night after that, or like a couple days later, um, went to throw a breaking pitch. It didn't break, and it hit um, their shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Mm-hmm. Immediately thrown out of the game. Yeah. On a 76-mile-an-hour pitch. I mean, listen, I know you have to protect, the the umpires have to protect the players and they have to you know cool cool things down before they really get heated, but that was that was a quick trigger finger, and that was ridiculous. Yeah, I think so, and I think that it's a tricky line because there was already some bad blood in there, so I think that there needs to be some sort of a... And I, again, I, I don't want to keep making rules and stuff because I feel like that takes away from it, but I think that if you have some form of a strict rule, meaning if you are going to choose... You're a pitcher, and you're deciding that you want to throw at a player. You know already you are going to get fined for X amount. You know you're going to get suspended for X amount. You have that already in your head before you get on the rubber. I think if you do that and you decide to still throw at it, you're you're doing you're, you're standing by your player, and you're showing that you're standing by your teammate because you're taking the risk of getting suspended and getting fined. Here's my argument. Okay. I think the old school, quote unquote, um, baseball rules, the unwritten rules that, you know, if, if you hurt one of our guys, we're going to hit you, you know, bean you or, or, you know, throw at you or throw behind you, whatever they want to do. You know what the best remedy to getting back at, at, at that uh, player is? Winning. There you go. Yeah. Hit I mean, a home that's, run. That's true. You want to stick up for your teammate? Go out there and get, get a key hit when you need it or strike the guy out when... You need the most if you're the pitcher. There's ways to do it that that, that this old school nonsense. Like you see, pitchers get mad, and um, when you know somebody like Jose Batista. Well, I granted not the best example, but the first one I can think of off the top of my head. Yo, he'll he'll get dramatic when he hits a home run. He'll flip his bat, and pitchers get all ticked off. And next time up, they'll they'll throw at him. Why? Yeah, no, that's kind of pointless. That is letting somebody else's. But it all goes with with what I'm trying to say as far as the old school mentality. It's like it's like, oh, you're gonna quote unquote show me up, and then now I'm I'm gonna throw at you to retaliate. You know, something happened. You know, in this case, Machado's um, looked like he spiked Pedroia in the back of the knee. He hurt him, so now we gotta throw at him. Why? I don't think. Yeah, again, I don't think it's something that should be necessary. But I think that if you have some sort of a a punishment set in stone that pitchers will, all right, is it really worth being suspended and missing my next start and getting fined X amount of dollars just to protect my player? Now, let's look back at an example with Chase Utley when he was playing for the Dodgers against the Mets. Right. He took out a guy, dirty play, and that player got hurt and missed the rest of the postseason. Do you retaliate then? 
Because hmm. that play was dirty. It, it was, and I agree. I agree with that. But again, you're in the playoffs. You can't worry about. You can't worry about retaliating. You have to. Again, it. The key is winning. Yeah. That's the ultimate retaliation. Yeah. You can't beat that. You you beat them. You know what? You got bragging rights forever. Yeah. I guess it kind of comes. Yeah, it, it kind of comes down to that, and yeah, I I just think that there needs to be some form of regulation. I think that old school mentality has to go. It just it there's no play there's no place in it um, for today's for today's sports because the umpires are too quick with you know improving uh, Kevin ask Kevin Gozman right about now they're too quick with the hook. Yeah, they're they're gonna get the itchy you know thumb to to toss them from the game, and there's just too much at stake. As I mean, every game means something, you know, and especially when you get to the playoffs. If you want to go back to the you know Dodgers and Mets, you you're worried about the playoffs. You're not worried about retaliating and hitting Utley in the back, putting that man on base. Base runners, you don't want base runners during the, during the playoffs. It's I think you have to keep a good manager. Would keep them focused on the ultimate prize. Yeah, and I, it's just tricky because I don't know. Do do you think pitchers have an idea in their head that it's their responsibility now to be the ones to stick up for? Their and I think players? it's counterproductive because now, if my pitcher has it in his head, how now I have to throw with this guy? It could be the third inning, and now you're getting to, now you're worried about if I throw and I hit him, am I going to get tossed? And that's a detriment to your team. So ultimately, now you're down a player if the player got hurt, like in Pedroia's case. And now you'd, you'd be down a pitcher, because your starting pitcher maybe, because you're in the third inning and it happened early, so now you're going to hit him. Or you're going to wait till tomorrow and tomorrow's pitcher is going to hit him. It, it just, it's so counterproductive to me, this old school mentality that you have to retaliate by beating them. I mean, and you know what? Pitchers do have a lot of accuracy, but God forbid they don't. And that player gets hit in the head. God forbid, Mike Piazza. Right. Yeah. No. That I rem- was. I remember it vividly. That was That's like one of my my earliest sports memories. That that thud against and uh, one of my favorite all time pitchers, Roger Clemens, did it. That noise off Piazza's helmet. Anytime I watch that, still gives me yeah. the sh- the shakes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you. It's too dangerous of a game to go back and forth. Accidents happen. Are they going to be dirty players? Yes. I'm not living in a fairy tale where everybody is going to be nice to each other and then everybody's going to... No. But is the retaliation necessary? Ridiculous. Yeah. I guess there's got to be another way. And I do think that there needs to be some kind of a, a guideline again to say, hey, we're not messing around. If you're going to put your team in jeopardy and throw at somebody instead of just trying to beat them, then you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it, and we're going to leave a sexual toy in your locker and take a picture of it and put it on social media. Oh, oh wait a minute. That happened already. <laughs> Never mind. so funny. I'm still, I'm still over. I, I can't get over the Mets. And just that the fact that they had to say something. They had to say, Matt Harvey, not responsible for the dildo in the picture. That's not why he's suspended. They had to go out and actually say it. I mean, can you imagine being that PR guy? 
Um, excuse me. We would just like to let you know that uh, Matt Harvey has not been suspended um, for the uh, sexual toy in the locker yes, of Kevin so Pelanke. That, um, um, from Matt to yes. Dildo. That's not Matt Harvey's responsibility. No, that was not but, what um, he was suspended for. We're not sure for. who put that back there. <laughs> But, but uh, we'll we, make sure that, that it's taken care of. At Typical Mets, uh, we are investigating the incident, but at this time, we do not have any um, any facts to go by. So now it's just the way that the Mets do the, their history reports, where it's like, return three months, question mark? Maybe. Are we, we going to say the same thing for when the, the toy returns? True. Yeah. It could pop back up, man. Okay. <laughs> Those Mets, those are, a bunch of, those are a bunch of characters, and I, I, I can't even... I don't even know how how it got there. You know what the, the happiest person right now in the Mets is? Who's that? David Wright. Oh yeah. It's like you know what? Being hurt's not so bad. Especially, when you're, making, especially when you're making all the money that he's making. That's true. Watch him be the person behind it the entire time. <laughs> he's got Ameri- nothing better to do. Baseball's so, captain, according to the, the vote a couple of years back. Wasn't it the Mets? Wasn't it the Mets um, clubhouse trainer years ago that was involved in the whole steroid thing? It may have been. Now we have sex toy gate. It could be the clubhouse trainer oh my putting them in there. Just drop. It's always just dropping something. Them in it's always something. And uh, that's about going to wrap it up for episode five. Wow, it's been five episodes. I'm right telling now. you. Time's flying. Um, again, make sure that you stream it as much as you can. You can subscribe on Google Play and on iTunes, as well as on nj1015.com and the New Jersey 1015 app. I'm Dan Tanto. That's Chris Swenneman. Thanks so much for listening. We're out.